Hey, good people. Hey, good people. How we doing? Yo, I love these episodes when I just get to talk to my friends for an hour or so. I love the episodes where I get to reconnect with people that have played such important roles in my life. I love the episodes where you guys get to be like flies on the wall and and, and listen to real conversations with uh between two people that that really care about each other and more importantly that are honest with each other so y'all lay back relax and welcome to uh another episode of finding good voices i'll talk to y'all later peace how you doing are you ready are you nervous (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) all right good people how we doing how we doing how we doing I have someone here that is super, super special to me. Uh, Known her for, what, 10 years? Uh, Went to high school with her. No, longer. (laughs) Huh? Longer. 10 years? It's not 2009? 11 years, sorry. Oh, no, 15 years. Yeah, I was 16, so how old are we now? 13? We don't have to say that all loud. (laughs) I, I'm not as old as Morgan is. Oh, okay. <laughs> we have Morgan Walker here. Mine. I think your birthday's before mine. <laughs> I think I lied that whole time. I was just skipped a couple of grades. So yeah. <laughs> we have Morgan Walker here with us, guys. Um, Riley. Morgan Walker. Oh, yes. Morgan <laughs> Riley. See, this is, how, this is how long we've known each other. I still know her as Morgan Walker, but Morgan Riley. The married and mother of two, tell us about, you know, what happened post high school or last time since I've seen you 10 years ago. When have we last seen each other? Let's see. Did you ever meet Brayden? I once, yes. Yeah, in the city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was 20, we were 23, I think. Yeah, you guys weren't married yet. No, we were in, probably engaged, maybe, mm. maybe engaged. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How how did you guys meet? Because I've always, whenever I talk to people who are in serious relationships, the few of us that are in serious relationships, I'm always excited to see and hear how that came about. Well, you're probably going to remember it when I tell you, mm. because um, it was at my sister's wedding. Okay. And he is my brother-in-law's second cousin. Oh, <laughs> if you guys could see the look on Morgan's face right now. <laughs> Um, it is okay. no blood relation, no okay. blood relation whatsoever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's an interesting thing. So all in the family, what yeah, was the, North what Carolina was the, style. North Carolina style. what was the, the moment that was like, wow. Okay. This is the dude. Hmm. Uh, after we hung out the week of her wedding at like the brunch after the wedding, Mm-hmm. next morning he wasn't at the brunch and i was like doing my thing because i was the maid of honor and i get like a phone call from a random number and it was him on the phone like telling me oh i'm so sorry like i'm not going to be there but um i'd love to like keep talking to you hang out oh over text or whatever since he lived in north carolina mm-hmm. and i was just creeped out because i was like <laughs> How'd you get my number? <laughs> Didn't give you my number. <laughs> oh my god. But I was goodness. also 
like, okay, you're a really nice guy. The fact that you called me and like put some forethought into that. And the fact that you called me instead of texted me was pretty ballsy for a guy, especially. I like that. That's the one time that I did meet him. Um, Compared to how loud I usually am, he was like (laughs) very silent. I was like, oh gosh, this guy hates us. (laughs) No, no, he's. He's just quiet, especially when he doesn't know people. He's come out of his shell a lot since he's like known me, but um, and since I think like, you have a, a way with stuff, people so. that gets them to come out of their shell. Um, <laughs> I think the mo the, the fondest memory of um, <laughs> of us was well, not it wasn't a specific memory, but there was a summer that uh, we hung out a lot. And we would be going to uh, Stefano's house a lot. Yeah. And it was just a summer where, like, we would go between your house and Stefano's. And everything just seemed, like, the world just seemed like we, like, nothing was the matter. Nothing was wrong. Right. And fast forward to now, uh, the world is so crazy. Right. Yeah. And I'm... I want to ask, like, how do you deal with, because you're more of an adult than I am. (laughs) (laughs) How do you deal with COVID and, you know, the the social changes and all of that um, being a person? I mean, you're in North Carolina, right? You're not even in the city anymore. Uh, I'm in Connecticut this month, but um, we go back on Friday to um, North Carolina, to the real world. Um, And yeah, it's different. I mean, just with my family, it's kind of a, a tension. Mm. COVID's kind of a tension because just the age gap. I feel like honestly, it's dividing families because I have young kids and I people. I get the mask thing. I get yes, wear a mask absolutely, especially like when you're in a crowded place or in a supermarket, things like that. But I have young kids and they can't wear masks. Um, Walker just turned three and three-year-olds they say can wear masks but under three you can't because they can't express that they are suffocating so um so I'm standing next to my kid and I'm walking through a supermarket and I have a mask on but they don't so everyone's getting their germs and they're giving they're getting their everyone else's germs and then they're bringing it back to me so it's like just pointless for me to be wearing a mask (laughs) and it's almost like a um it doesn't deter people it actually makes them feel more comfortable when I'm wearing a mask and they come close to the kids because like oh she's wearing a mask I'm good for some reason so if I don't wear a mask honestly in the beginning when things were kind of you can do what you want Mm -hmm. I was like I'd rather not wear a mask because then people will stay away and keep the six foot distance kind of thing (laughs) that's very smart actually so for me I'm like yes I get it but there I think there are so many different circumstances in COVID and things like that. And then kids with school, I just think kids need to be in school. I don't think they can learn through the internet. For sure. Or just poor high schoolers being sitting there 10, what, eight hours a day on their computer is just insane. Can you imagine? Can you imagine us? No, like, we'd never do anything. Like, we would, would never learn. <laughs> never did, I never did anything anyway, like in yeah, school. Exactly. So I know I wouldn't do anything out of school. It's, <laughs> have you had to um, be like the teacher or? I, I can't. Walker yeah. won't learn from me. 
um, he, he just, he doesn't really, I don't know if he learns well from anyone, but he'll definitely learn better from a teacher, um, especially around other kids that he sees doing something. He's excited to be doing things that other kids are doing. Um, he's a very social little kid. So trying me trying to like force him to like learn is just not good. He, he loves reading and I'll read to him, but yeah. that's all I can do. It's strange because, you know, my mom's a teacher and um, I've been talking to Ruth and Ruth, for anyone who's listening, is our high school principal. And it's just a strange dynamic in, you know, you're, you're set up to, to learn in a certain way. Yeah. Um, you know, p- teachers go to school for years and years to master teaching kids in a closed environment or in a set environment. And now it's like not only do you have to teach them through a computer, but you have all of these other social changes going on. And how do you uh, inform kids about the world around them without freaking them out, right? Without yeah. like making them like, oh my God, the world is such a scary or dangerous place. Yeah. Um, and just get like being around people is such an important thing for little ones. Like, I mean, my daughter who's only 14 months old, like just seeing different people, just understanding different races, different ages, different everything. It's just yeah. like her, her stranger anxiety is still so bad. And mm. Walker barely had any like at all. And hers is really bad. Like she won't leave me or Brayden. I can't walk away from her. Ever. How old is, is Kenzie? <laughs> She's 14 months. Okay. Oh, wow. So, so it really should have like dissipated by now, but like during quarantine was the time when she needed to be exposed to a lot of people and she wasn't. So it's yeah. like being here up in Connecticut and we're in a small town that everyone's very, you're seeing lots of people just on the, on the boardwalk, things like that. That's actually been really good for her yeah. just because she's still close to us, but lots of people walk by and, um, that's been really nice. But in Pinehurst, like we live in a house on a not very crowded street and like, unless, and you can't take them to the park, you can't take them anywhere. So that was not great for, you know, children. I wonder, cause you know, you grew up in Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you came, you come to, so I've been to the place where she grew up, I believe. Well, in the summertime. Yeah. It's a summer house. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the contrast between that place and New York City is like (laughs) crazy, right? Especially coming to a school like LREI, which has um, a fair amount of diversity, right? Um, I wonder, and I don't think I've ever asked you this, right? But I wonder how was it to transition from a very... uh, how do I put white? this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a very white society and upbringing to a, 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 and not only just white, but very, yeah. you know, closed and, you know, everyone knows each other yeah. to a city of 8 million people, right? So I guess, like, I grew up in Wilton, which is, um, I don't know, if no traffic, 45 minutes outside of the city. Um, so that town was a lot bigger than, like, this summer town um and there was a little bit more diversity definitely not a lot but a little bit more um and then i used to go to the city a lot when i was younger like my dad worked in new york city um so i definitely was around all different types of people and but 
there's definitely a difference between I loved transitioning to New York City and meeting new people and understanding different ways of life and how people do things in different areas, things like that. I loved it. Um, I think it definitely made me more aware of Mm -hmm. my surroundings and people and um, everything like that. But I mean, I grew up with a Jamaican nanny and Mm -hmm. um, very lucky to have her in my life because she was big part of she was like a second mom to me so I think I definitely was able to grow and learn a lot from her and just having her in my life like made me a bigger person and was yeah. am able to understand the world because of her it's crazy because I you know the black at LREI um account I don't know how much you engaged with it but mm-hmm. it's revealing a lot of the discontentments that people had going to LREI, right? And they market themselves as this kind of, yeah, very progressive, very diverse. But looking back, right, even in our grade, right, you had a very clear delineation of, you know, the black kids over here, like the step team and, you know, I don't want to say names. I forgot you know. there's a step team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was kind <laughs> of like... step teams in Connecticut. So yeah. that was... <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's crazy because I, I, I've been talking to people, right? And other than me just being loud in general when I, and, you know, kind of obnoxious in general back then, it, uh, a lot of what I got was I was not a protector of uh, black women in that space, Right. Um, and I had to deal with a lot of like, you didn't do enough, right? Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard uh, conversations to have. And I know that very early on, the, the reason I have to say this, because a lot of people are going to say, you know, uh, people talk, and especially in the time that we're in, yeah. um, why are you being an apologist? Why are you being, you know, uh, you know, having all of these white folk on to talk? But I have to say this. When it comes, when Mr. Uh, Aubrey, even before George, uh, Mr. Flo- Mr. Floyd died, mm-hmm. um, I asked, I sent Morgan a DM and it was a thing to repost, like raising awareness. Within two minutes, she had reposted. She said, of course. And now it seems like, all right, that's what you're supposed to do. But I'll tell you, there were about seven or eight people that I thought I was really close to. I was like, oh, no, I can't do that or really dismissive and forever. And I, and I expressed to you how much I cared about that moment. Yeah. I think that as much as I already loved you, I think that was a defining moment for me in relearning who you are. Right. And I I mean, not to say that I didn't think that you were great. No, no. I mean, I, the fact that people even said no is like, what the fuck? Um, I don't want to say name, but it's people that we know. It's people that we know. We're close with people that we're close with. Yeah, what? we could talk after. Yeah, but yeah, boys or that, girls, both. Sadly, that's really sad. Yeah, I'm like, and it's now I'm, I'm literally going through the people we know, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a lot, right? It's because you think that you know people, and and for me, right, I I get all the time too that I'm a palatable Negro, and that you know I'm able to relate to more than the black community, right? So I get that. And people look at that kind of sideways a little bit. You you went to a pretty, I mean, LREI was diverse in like different. I know you say it wasn't that diverse, Mm -hmm. but 
it did, we were all still there mingling and we were all still together. So exactly. to me, that was like, dude, I came from a freaking white school <laughs> in Connecticut. So that was extremely diverse. Um, and even though we didn't all hang out in the same group, mm-hmm. I mean, I think you said um, when you were talking to Cam and Henry and Sean, like we were probably one of the most diverse groups. For sure. It, everyone kind of, yeah, it was in their own little thing, but we all, we all went to classes together. We all hung out um, in school. So I wouldn't say it was, you had to do things together. I wouldn't say yeah. it was the least diverse school. You know what I mean? It was, I mean, and that's the thing. I think our grade was, was different in that way. Yeah. Um, but there was right before you got there, there was a large, a huge and I only went there incident. two years, so exactly. That's, that's also I missed like middle school, like that. I don't I don't know anything about in middle I, school. I wanna I wonder I wonder because you know you're raising kids in a very non LREI environment, right? Yeah. How? Because I don't expect people to run out and say, "Let me go find a black friend to be around my my kids," right? Yeah, there is more diversity in like the high school and the um the public schools um but like we have decided to send walker and kenzie when she's old enough but walker's going to be going to the private school this year which Mm -hmm. it's me and brayden have had the conversation which is like it it's hard because i know this school is going to be a predominantly white school um there's only like I don't know, 16 kids in each grade. Like it's so small, but it's right next door to us. And it's the only school in our like whole County that goes from pre-K three to 12th grade. So he can be, and we know we're not moving because we're not military. So we are in the unique position where we want him to be in a school and just kind of stay in a school um, and be literally right next door to our house. Like it's, I can walk to the school. Um, so for us, it has a lot of pluses, but then like one of the negatives is the fact that there's not much diversity and how will our kids see that? And we want them to be able to see that, but it is hard when you're not in the position to show them it unless we really go out and search for it. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it's like, even if you expose them, like the media, how, you know, a lot of folk of color are portrayed, it's not something that you want to plant the seeds in kids, yeah. right? You don't want to think that all black folk are, you know, doing whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I mean, again, there, he's, you said three or four? Walker, he's three. Three. So, you know, you have three years of experience with being a mother and I, I don't even know how to answer this question, right? But how do you have an idea of, of a pathway? Like if you, because I want people who are listening, right, to get a sense of the kind of struggle that there is, right? You, like you said, you want to provide the best education. You, you might not have direct pathways to diversity, right? So, honestly, and this is probably like false hope, like, but with the conversations happening now, I'm hopeful that like there will be he won't have to like have such he'll understand it better there'll be these conversations in school and they'll really teach it more and there'll be more of a conversation in everyday life about it so (laughs) i honestly hope that i won't have to sit there and like push going and finding different 
diverse people and different, you know what I mean? Like I want that, but like, I also, you want it to come naturally. You don't want to be like, Hey, please go hang out with this black group of kids. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and- so I'm hoping that the conversations now will open the schools up and the communities up to having our kids not even, I mean, just understand it and just be a part of the conversation. And I know I want to raise my kids like that. So mm-hmm. I don't and think I, the, the thing is, which is scary, right? For me, right? I'm not even, oh Lord, I'm not a parent yet. Hopefully <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> yeah. But um, I know that uh, Mr. Walker and your mom, you know, are, are great folks and, you know, they've had me over and, you know, I've seen them out in the street and they're, they're great. Right. But I also know that there are elements of people out there that aren't great. Right. And they're parents that, that aren't uh, really open. There aren't, there aren't parents, there are parents that are not like you. Um, And there are parents that are going to plant seeds of, of things that you don't want in your kids. Right. So are you preparing those talks or are you just going to, Right now he's so young that like mm-hmm. even having like when we got here, there's a couple of books. I'm sure my dad had bought them um, because my niece was here. Um, there's a couple of like books about diversity, things like that, but he's still really young to kind of understand it. And these yeah. books, like I wouldn't say are his level. They might be his cousin's Char's level, but um, when I'm reading them, I'm kind of like, I don't even think he knows what, like it's just nothing to him. Like he doesn't understand different colors, different races. He like, it's just, I think it would just be so confusing for him. Like we've, we've had the conversation, like you have different color skin, your uncle Hunter has different color skin. Um, but he just is kind of just like, okay. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Exactly. At this point, he's just so not there yet. Um, so it'll and be always, interesting when his brain starts to really figure it out. Exactly. And it's weird because we grew up, and Sean said this on on uh, their episode, we grew up in such a different time. Like just the fact that we had to like literally sit at a, a computer to go on Facebook. Yeah. Like we yeah. didn't walk around with these, with this yeah. information thing in our hand, right? We didn't have the TikToks and all of that, right? Yeah. So I fear why I wanted to have kids younger, but whatever. I fear that I won't be able to relate, right, to to how they're intaking information, right? Um, I think that yeah. a lot of times we get ahead, like our parent, like talking to my mom, like she doesn't know what's going on. Like she gets her news from Fox or whatever. Yeah. Hopefully not. Yeah. And I think there was that conversation with my parents even when um, – like the blackout Tuesday thing happened. Like yeah, I, I remember my dad. Yeah. And so like my dad wasn't getting it and I was trying to explain like, you need to remove the hashtag. Like you can't <laughs> put black lives matter on this. It's like, it's diluting everything else, that kind of thing. And he just wasn't, he was, it was almost like he was mad. Cause he was like, I did what I was like supposed to do. You know what I mean? And you're yeah. like, dad, this isn't that like, you're not, this isn't a supposed to thing and you're supposed to follow the rules. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, like, but just, he doesn't understand the internet as well as we do. And he doesn't understand like what a hashtag is as well, that kind of thing. So even our generation to their generation, yeah, it's, it gets lost. So like we're doing things, our generation is doing things 
to try to push the movement forward, things like that. But even if the older generation want to help with that, they kind of struggle with it. Even if they're <laughs> a lot, yeah, really, yeah. <laughs> and it's weird because you know we have we have this kind of chasm on both sides, right? So my parents are like, even though they you know they're cool, they they you know obviously put me in an environment like like LREI, they still have this kind of apprehension to even when I was in that environment to, you know, don't, don't lose your culture. Don't get too, you know, don't get too close. Don't, you know, trust because you don't, I don't, they, they don't want to see me hurt. Yeah. Right. They didn't want to see. Yeah. Again, any parent. Yeah. You know, and I think that um, just dealing with, with any type of, whether it's racism or any type of bigotry, right. For a kid or for a teenager is hard. Um, and if you're a parent that hadn't been in that environment, it's harder for you to watch because you don't know how to give that information back. You don't know how to like heal those wounds. Right. Um, I want to ask if you had ever seen anything in LREI or even in college or even in Wilton that made you like raise your eyebrow and say, is this, is this what this racism thing is? So I think I've told you this story. The reason, like half the reason we moved to New York City and I changed schools. I don't know. Uh, So I know I've told you this. It might spark, (laughs) I don't know. Um, (laughs) But so when I was at um, school in Wilton, I went to a private school and um, since fifth grade. And one of my friends, um, she was black and she had been there God, when did she come? Not as long as me, but pretty long. Um, and we were close and we were friends. And I was at a table with a group of my other friends and we were in conversation. I think it was about Oprah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, something like that. And how old were we? We were 15, I think. Um, and they were trying to say, well, I don't get it. Why, why can black people say the N word? Why is it okay for Oprah to just shout it and say that blah, 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 blah. And we were having like a legitimate conversation about it. It was like, we were confused. Like we didn't understand. Like, I think it wasn't we, sorry, because I was trying to describe it to them and I couldn't. And I was like telling them that it wasn't okay. And so I went over to, it was at a different table and I was young and you know me, I have a big mouth and I don't think before I speak mm-hmm. and never, <laughs> never mean to hurt anyone's feelings. <laughs> this is why um, we get along because we're similar. Yeah. In that way. <laughs> <laughs> so I went over to her and not quietly, probably definitely was like, can you explain this? Like, why can you, why can a black person say the N word and a white person can't like no one over here is understanding it. And I'm trying to explain it, blah, blah, blah. And I just kind of remember the look on her face was kind of like a little bit like taken back, but like she, I don't even remember her response, but later that day or later I went into the hallway and a teacher was next to her and she was crying. And Mm. I was like, oh my God, like, what the fuck did I do? Oh my God, what, I can't believe, like, so then I got called to the principal's office. I got called to, like, my, um, my advisor's office, who was black, and I basically got, like, a talking to that I, 
how like dare you say that word and how dare you like ever say anything to Alicia and um I got sent home and I ended up getting my, my dad was in a good was on the board mm-hmm. and I was in a position where my dad was friends with the principal and the principal was trying to there had been a stream of um, situations, I guess people, I think there was like two situations. One, like someone wrote the N word on a bulletin board and they hadn't found out who it was. And another time, another thing had happened and they were basically trying to set an example. Mm. So they ended up like trying to suspend me. And, um, I, I called, I called his parents, like, we had the conversation. Like, I was so sorry. Like I did not mean to offend her at all. I like, I was so upset that I had ever hurt her feelings. Like that was not my intent. I was just trying to have me understand and my friends understand that kind of thing. And she was my friend. So I, I took that like as something I was able to say to a friend, like I would be able to say to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but because she was so upset they wanted to make an example. So her parents like apologized and they said to my parents, my parents were like, don't apologize. But they were like, we didn't want your daughter to get in trouble. Like his intent was not to get her in trouble at all. And um, they ended up just making like a huge, the whole the school made me basically their like poster girl for, mm. you know, racism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And <laughs> I'm not laughing because it's just like Morgan the racist. Like it doesn't make yeah. sense. <laughs> and um, my advisor, who was black, was like, "This girl is not racist, and mm-hmm. she t- doesn't think before she speaks." Like I know her, and she does not think before she speaks. <laughs> yeah. So he was totally like on my side, and everybody was on my side. But it just ended up being the point where my dad was like, and and my I think mostly my dad. He was just like this is ridiculous. And my brother got in trouble for something else. So mm-hmm. we ended up, they ended up saying like, do you want to stay at the school? And I was like, honestly, no. And I said like, Hey, you guys have always wanted to like move to the city. Dad's work there. Like let's move to the city. And so <laughs> we ended up moving to the city and I literally did the opposite of what everyone would have thought would happen. Moved yeah. to a very di- more diverse school. And, and I think it's important know. to, to have, those uncomfortable moments in our lives, right? Because um, if for no other reason, um, I don't want to say too much about it, but families like yours do have, like you said, your dad was on the board. Families like yours have more influence than, exactly, privilege than maybe the average family, definitely the urban family. family. Let's let's be real here. (laughs) (laughs) Not the average family at all. Um, But it's, it's important because again, like I said earlier about the people who uh, wouldn't repost that thing, right? Uh, who have, if not equal, around the same type of influential types of families. Um, it always scares me because it's like, these are the people who are going to be in positions of power. These yeah. are going to be the people who are going to be making political decisions or business decisions that trickle down and affect communities of color, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I always think about often, and I recently reconciled this. It actually happened that night that you posted the thing. Uh, our experience at um, 
at your summer house, right? And I'll talk about it briefly uh, because people obviously don't know. Um, we had, Morgan had us up for 4th of July and uh, it was a couple of us up. Um, Morgan, it's weird because you're never the tomboy, but you didn't really hung, hang out with like girls. It was a weird dynamic, <laughs> but it was a bunch of us up well, at, her, at her place she had us. And I guess the neighbors took aversion to um, some of us uh, black kids being there. Wasn't or the neighbors? One I'm gonna stick up for my neighbors because they were never. It was this friend, not friend. This guy named Miles, friend mm-hmm. of theirs, and fuck yeah, <laughs> bad guy. Just a bad guy. Really bad guy. Okay. Yeah. And it's it, it was it was a thing in my heart for a very long time. I have to be honest with you, but it what I did the self work and realized is if I never. And this goes for everything, right? If we never say what hurts us, we can't blame other people for not responding to it, yeah. right? And if I let something go on for 10 years, I can't, or however how long you, it was. So how do you, because for me, mm-hmm. I think, honestly, I blacked out part of that night because it yeah. made me like roid rage. Um, yeah. And honestly, we were drinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, we were. We were. We were college age. We were doing some drinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and oh my god, like you guys were having that conversation with Henry and Kim and all them and Sean. And when you guys were having part of this conversation, I'm like, how do you guys remember this stuff? Yeah. I'm getting old because I'm well, having so much trouble remembering <laughs> high school. <laughs> but but you have to also realize that was my first real like face-to-face thing with like some type of racism thing right and at the moment i was i was petrified because we're up in this town my first yeah like you had to realize like i before lrei i went to an all-black private school and so leadership was all black and you know it was like okay i'm seeing black folk in power so cool I'm, i'm confident in myself yeah. Right. And then we get to LREI where it's super progressive. So they're trying to coddle the feelings of this young black kid. And, you know, I talk about it on, I think I talk about it on the Sean and Henry and Kim episode where I kind of use that to my advantage. So I didn't really, if there was racism or little microaggressions, I didn't really yeah. notice it. So, it, I mean, you hadn't been in a position where you're in with like a whole town of very white people. And, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I was petrified. I was like, oh, shoot. Because, you know, no. I'm this little guy and I know, you know, <laughs> Sean, Sean could throw down, down if, if necessary, <laughs> but can't take on a whole, like, in my mind, I'm envisioning, like, do I go to sleep? Like, is it, you know, because I'm envisioning the worst. Yeah. Because, you know, it's it's like being, you know, in any environment that you don't know for the first time. And I, I realized, oh man, like even thinking about it now, it brings up things because- Tell the story, because I feel like- Okay, so, yeah. um, well, I, I don't know exactly what happened, but- you, I know, that's why I'm like, I swear it's like, either I we mean, had too much to drink or I blacked out because I was so pissed off. Well, I know that he said, um, <laughs> I remember distinctly uh, Carter and Sean walking on the beach and talking to, to some girls. And- I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but it had gotten back to us that I guess this Miles character uh, was like, what are those? I don't know if he used. 
N-word. He definitely N-word. used N-word, yeah. Yeah, what are those people doing on, on over here in this town? And I was just like, oh, <laughs> this is real, right? Yeah. And it speaks to, you know, uh, the sheltering that I got in LREI. But from that moment on, I'll tell you, I saw the world in a totally different light. Yeah. Right. I it, it for a very long time, and this is weird, and I've never said this out in public before. So, for and we grew up in Soho, mm-hmm. right? For a long time after that, I felt like I needed to make myself smaller walking through Soho because so I would go through Soho like almost every day in college just to walk around. And that experience made me feel like I was uh, dangerous or invalidated or um, maybe even validated the the thoughts of, you know, people, racist people, right? I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want, I never want someone to say that to me again or about me again. So I want to not be seen by white people in general because I don't know how to differentiate. I'm sorry. And, that, but that, but that's the thing. It's, it's, and it's hard because we're what, 20 years old? We were, yeah, we were. Or 19. Were we in college? We were in college. We were in college. Okay. So yeah, we were probably like 19. I feel like maybe, maybe, maybe we could have been, are we sure we were in college? We were because um, probably after freshman year. Yeah, maybe nineteen. Yeah, yeah. and we don't have all of these time. these micro we, these words that you know the the kids the millennial kids use now like to to describe what's going on right. It was either racism or not, right? We didn't have all these things to describe, and you know, it's. I want to also talk about this because I don't want it to just be an episode where we talk for an hour about how you know white people stuff because even though it's important it's it's also important to open up the lens right yeah. because two a year or two ago right two years ago i guess now um when the whole me too thing was happening i had to struggle within my manhood quote unquote to understand what was going on with that right because even though I, I think maybe some stuff happened in high school that was kind of close to it, it never like explicitly, I never had to explicitly deal with sexism or rape culture, right? I think LREI was pretty protective of us. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, as a girl, I don't know. Right. I, I'm, right. I mean, I, uh, I mean, I just walking in New York City is like, yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. It's, you're more protected at LREI than just walking down the street. So how do you because there are talks now (laughs) i know i know one of our close girlfriends um Mm -hmm. had more experiences i think with just like things said to her um than i ever did um Mm. but i just remember like the subway was always not a great place Um, yeah subway's creepy yeah, you got some guys like doing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> to you, and that's just. It's this. It's real. creepy for me as a guy, so I God. know I, I can understand. Yeah. No, not fun. Um. At and all. It's crazy because my sister also grew up in a. She went to boarding school, 
in Connecticut, I believe. She went to Taft. Oh. And um, she had a totally different experience. Like we just talked about that. We don't really talk that much, but um, she recently talked to me about her experience in the private school world. And it was totally different. Yeah. Like, and I used to say this in like, in fun, and I probably shouldn't have said this, but um, she's like the BET to my MTV. Now, anyone listening, I said that when I was like very young, probably around 19. I would never say something as silly as that, uh, as a, as a, however old I am now. But she had very, like, she like was saying the other day, like, she doesn't have white friends. She doesn't care to have white friends. She doesn't trust white people. Let's just being honest. Yeah. And I totally, I understand because she's way smarter than me, right? Yeah. Um, no, I, I don't know that. <laughs> well, I mean, she, it doesn't take much, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, <laughs> but she, she was very um, clear in explaining that. But she also said that she doesn't trust a lot of dudes, right? And that's why I have to ask you, as a, as a girl who had mostly guy friends, or I don't know if you had mostly guy friends, but in our circle, it was mostly did, dudes. Yeah. Yeah. What um, was it, you know? No, I mean, I think I don't want to put like women in a. Mm-hmm. In a well, Morgan, to think, speak from Morgan's perspective. Yeah, exactly. So for me, I think I am a very vocal person and I am very much like, don't fucking do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So men don't feel comfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. being able to say things to me like that like I cut I shut them down right away yeah. so and I will cut the balls off kind of thing if <laughs> they do say something or do something like that so I think most guys get that feeling from me yeah. um I think I definitely put that out there so not a lot have I ever had to endure that or experience that but mm-hmm. I do know women that do because sometimes they aren't as vocal um but then other times they're just put in like a really shitty situation where they didn't do anything wrong and they did say stuff and what is that just in bad time like bad place bad time kind of stuff i I wonder what that comes from because i know you have an older brother Mm -hmm. does that add to the confidence or the ability to shut it down or is it just like natural I don't know because my sister isn't like, yeah, and my sister's older. So um, my sister is not like that. Like she doesn't shut it down as much and she's not as vocal as me. I think it's personality type. Have you ever done like Enneagram before? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like I recently figured out like Enneagrams or discovered them. And it is so interesting to like how closely like these numbers relate to people's personalities. And I think it's just like the way sometimes things that happen to you or the way you're sometimes you're just born a certain way. Like my daughter is very like came out of me screaming bloody murder. Um, (laughs) And Walker is way more chill and just like, I swear you're just sometimes born with that personality. (laughs) It's crazy because Um, I, 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 I feel like, because I know you, Right. And you were, again, very vocal and very, uh, you say a lot of things. Um, and then from the little that I know of Brayden, he's very, <laughs> the little that I know of Brayden, he's, you know, very quiet. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And I always wonder, again, not a parent as, I, as far as I know, um, how much of it is the kids spending time with you, right? And how much of it is just like, where, where did that come from? That must have happened in the, in the womb somewhere, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm telling you, Kenzie was all in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think there's some things like Walker's starting to repeat some stuff. Like he told, he told me last night, oh my God, I got on the, on his, we have, God, baby monitors are the best these days and they're yeah. on my phone and I can talk to him through it, like, and see everything he's doing on my phone. Um, and so I told him he keeps opening the windows because he has a window here right next to it and he keeps opening the shade. He never goes to sleep. Um, and I told him to stop. I was like, stop opening the window. And he goes, calm down, mama. <laughs> and I was like, excuse me? He's like, mama, just calm down. And he like giggles. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> that kid's a rock star already. I see the, the, the photos that you post in the videos. That kid's a rock star already. I love the, I love him just peeing in the thing. You're like, oh yeah, what? yeah, just peeing right in the ocean. Okay. I love it. I want to ask, how was it to transition? For, well, first off, how was it to transition? Let me preface it by saying this. Morgan was an adult when we were kids. Just say that. She was the mom of the group. <laughs> um, but how was it to transition to, to being a wife? Because I think you're the only one other than Megan Big Megan Big then, yeah. yeah. How is it transitioning to a wife and then a mom? And not only a mom, but a mom of two. That's like, I mean, it's you're all just full of a, It's all just such a natural progression. Like, you, it there's definitely like some ebbs and flows and you know especially in your marriage for you yeah. have a baby a lot of ebbs and flows you get used to it then you have another baby and you have more <laughs> ebbs and flows <laughs> it's like that commercial where you're like most you're like the first baby you're going crazy the second one it's like all right yeah cool <laughs> no no the, no because with us it's like we had a baby i, I think in Braden's mind he kind of does this freak out where Braden thinks life is how it is when it's happening and it will be like that forever so he, we have a baby and those first two months when it's like the worst and you're up late and like baby sleep, not sleeping, not your breastfeeding and he's having to do more. That is when we're not good. Like first two months, not yeah. good. And my emotions of course are all over the place. His emotions are all over the place. <laughs> um, so he just thinks like, this is life and this is never going to end. And so yeah. he gets in a tunnel and, um, I have to be like, dude, this is going to stop. Like, and so we get in a lot of fights around that time. And then around after two months, it starts to like definitely calm down. And then a year comes around and the kid gets even easier and, yeah. um, and things just get better. And so that is a nice transition, but then you have another kid and it happens again. And again. so you go through the, you go through the ups and flows. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's definitely like different, but you also, it's an, it's just like kind of all natural. It's just, you go through these transitions and it's part of. And you know, it's funny because I never, you know, two, a couple years ago, I would have never thought that I always wanted like a family or whatever, but I never would have thought that I wanted like that kind of nuclear, I guess, type of family. Um, yes, you did. You used to tell me that. I did, but <laughs> it was a certain point where I was like, yo let's go raise let's go like go out yeah but you were young but you always would be like i just want family and i just want to get I married do. 
I yeah. do, but I did go and, you know, I got exactly what I wanted and I, you know, went out a lot, way too much. But I feel like, and I look up to people like you who have that transition, right? I think I always feared being like the, the guy who's going to come home at nine o'clock and just go to sleep or like not have a million people around at one time, right? Like for the past two years of my life, I went through a period of- You mean like being in a marriage and not going out, like just going home at nine? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would, I would go crazy. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I mean, you don't have to do, well, sorry. Um, you don't have to do that. It's not like I still, I mean, okay. But aren't you getting older where you kind of just don't want to be out past a certain time because you're tired? <laughs> Dad, Jim Morgan, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, a lot of my friends are still, like, even my not married friends, like, single friends, like, yeah, here, yeah. are definitely, they're kind of going through, through, like, it's summer and after COVID kind of thing, but mm-hmm. I definitely think they even feel the, oh, damn, we're getting older, and, like, we were talking about, we can't go tubing anymore, because we're going to break ourselves, we're so old, <laughs> like, <laughs> like Morgan, all of you us, not all the single that people old. were saying it, like, everybody. <laughs> Like, tubing is not for our age. It oh is for goodness. 22 and younger. <laughs> <laughs> you are not that old. Now, now you're going to have people thinking that I'm old. And... <laughs> no, but it makes you feel old. I know we're not old, but that makes you feel old because you're like, yeah. yeah, shit. No, you like, you, it's so easy to hurt yourself now. I, swear. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of times I, especially the last two years, I would be going out oh, like five nights a week. Right. And I know some people that we hung out with that, are still going out a lot, right? And living that life. And it's interesting, right? Because now being in the position that I am, and I always say this, if I live the, the past four months, how I live, if I lived the last 10 years, how I lived the past four months, I would be like out of this world, crazy successful. Because it has that, again, coming home. Yeah, like coming home and just doing what you know you have to do instead of doing what you want to do. And I think that's what I respect about you the most. Like now that you are a wife and you are a mom, you put aside, I guess you would put aside sometimes the what you want to do for what you have to do. I mean, yeah, you do that though when you're a parent. Like everybody does that. Once you become a parent, you have to. Like, Well, not everybody. (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah, but mm -hmm, there's people might not have, maybe not should have had parents. Yeah. Yeah, don't get me started. Those types of people. Um, <laughs> I mean, this. Um, how do you? How do you? Because you grew up in a town that is very family oriented, right? So, is that where you got that kind of push from, or? Oh God, no! I've I've just wanted kids since I was like out of the womb. I just <laughs> like I've, I've known and wanted kids in a family. I like people dreamed of getting little girls dreamed of getting married. Yeah. I might've thought of getting married, but I dreamed of having kids. Like that was just me. Like, I think I'm just nurturing and that's just who I am as a person. Um, like baby dolls were obsessed with baby dolls. You know what I mean? I was just always loved babies. Um, so I think that just like, I'm telling you sometimes it's just, you're born with that kind of personality. Like my sister wasn't as much like that. And she, Mm she's a great mom, but she definitely had to learn a little bit more. Do you know what I mean? Like it didn't come as natural. Um, and I know a lot of moms like that and it doesn't come as naturally. Um, but you learn and I have someone coming on in a, in a, um, 
episode I think I'm doing next week, it's going to talk about postpartum depression. And I think, and, and it's funny because I have two episodes next week that are, um, that have to deal with like specifically women issues mm-hmm. that guys don't get. Um, so we have the endometriosis. I don't, I don't know if I'm saying yeah, endometriosis, yeah. which like guys are like, what? Like we can't even fathom that. I mean, type of that's thing. not really something guys really need to like. But that's the, that's what this this girl is saying, right? And I think you might have met her before, but that's what the maybe briefly that's what the girl is saying. Um, that in the workplace, right? How do you explain to your male boss and your male counterparts that you're going through this like body shaking thing, and you know you have to have a little bit of extra leeway given to you because of that, right? Yeah, and in the workplace, yeah, that would be definitely. Yeah. And then postpartum depression, which guys don't get as well. Right. Um, I think, I think some, I think some women don't even understand postpartum depression. But it's, I mean, that's a tricky one. Like that's yeah. not, I, not something I, didn't have post, I didn't have postpartum, but I had um, something that is mistaken for postpartum a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's called DMER and um, it's a breastfeeding issue, but basically, so you want to learn about some boobs. Um, <laughs> when women, when you get your milk, when mm-hmm. you're breastfeeding, especially in the first like two months, you have a what's called a letdown and the milk like comes into your breast. Um, and that happens like, God, you can have like a hundred letdowns a day. Um, and there's this thing, it's a chemical imbalance in your brain. And if you have it, and a lot of women do, and they just don't, understand what it is and they a lot of times mistake it for postpartum because it's a newer um they've it's new it's like in the last 10 years they've even figured out what it is um but basically every time you have a letdown you go you have an extreme amount of anxiety that just like overwhelms you and it just like literally fills you up with like i would sit down with walker it was different because i pumped um like exclusively pumped and i always thought it was the pump that i hated and I would sit down, put some food next to me while I was pumping and I'd put those things on my boobs. And once I started pumping, I couldn't eat, like could not eat so much anxiety. And with Walker, I didn't associate it with him. So I knew it was the pump. But then when I had her, it started happening. and I breastfed like naturally. Mm-hmm. And I started associating it with her, I think, because she was actually latched. And so I did, I didn't connect with her very well. Wow. Um, and I went to my doctor and I had, I knew what it was cause I did research on my own cause I knew I was like, this is not postpartum depression. Like it can't be. And I just looked up like extreme anxiety when you breastfeed and that came up and I talked about it with my doctor. And every time you go to the doctor, you fill out a little form in the beginning after you have a baby and it tells the doctor if you could have postpartum depression basically. And so I told, I, told my doctor I walked in and was like I think I have DMER and she kind of looked at me like what is that and I told her and she looked down she's like oh shit yeah she was like honestly if you hadn't had said that I was about to diagnose you with postpartum depression and yeah and it's not something you can take medicine for you just have to stop breastfeeding um it I mean you could try anti-anxiety meds but like that's not really what's happening like it has something to do with your brain and 
just milk let down. It's very, very interesting. And honestly, it's like, so... and I talked to so many of my friends after and told them about it. And they're like, I had that. Holy shit. Like I thought I had postpartum depression. See, and that is, I, this is why one reason why I'm building this platform, right. Is for stories like that to go forth. Right. Because I have no clue. I just learned what postpartum depression was, right? Like, I don't know any of this stuff, right? And, you know, it's, we all live in kind of these self bubbles, right? Our community or, you know, our family or whatever. uh, Very rarely do we get an opportunity to live other people's lives Mm -hmm. or, or be a part of their story, right? So even just you saying that now, um, makes me want to ask my mom certain things, right? I don't want to ask yeah. her about her booze, but, you know, <laughs> ask her certain things about, you know, um, early parts of, of child rearing so that I could yeah. be more prepared, right? And going back to our initial conversation, right, I think, I think that might be the answer to the initial question of how you, how you um, expose kids to a better um, future is just stories right like real human stories real human um emotional stories like when you told your story about al allison alicia 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 Alicia. um it's funny because i work with two girls named allison and alicia and i always get confused (laughs) so um you telling a story about alicia right i had flashbacks and i had things right where i was going around being a knucklehead and <laughs> Ruth is going to be on an episode two. Um, and, and I know I got to bring up when she almost expelled me for using uh, that word. And Did she really? Yeah, I was, I'll tell you the story really quickly. Really? Um, we were, she was, in, you know, her office is right next to the outside. So she yeah. can hear everything. Yeah, yeah. Stay on the street. And I think I was talking, I don't want to say his name because I'm not really, you know, whatever. But I was cool with one of the more jerkier guys um in our uh in our god yeah the one we talked about yeah 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 Yeah. and um i think he was egging me on and i was saying that she yeah and i was (laughs) and she like looks outside her window she's like kyle get in here and like very like sternly she's like if i ever hear you say that word again you're out of here no questions asked and at the time i'm like we go to the stoop and smoke a cigarette and i'm like this is crazy what? Yes. Wait. I think I, I think I was in school then because I remember you being like, um, like, I don't want to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, Ruth, that kind of thing, you know. <laughs> and it's just being young You're and not so understanding. Mad at Ruth. I was, and that's the crazy part because I was so mad, but I understand. I, you know, you understand now. Yeah. Certain things that you don't understand before, and we. I also understand how certain people will egg you on to fit their uh obnoxious yeah desires <laughs> yeah it's crazy i do you t- without saying names or you can if you want do you talk to anyone other than myself um i talk to you i talk like henry and, and from our school probably henry might be the only one that i like once or twice a year like the good folks. um the good folks. yeah but then it's mostly the guys from Polly and like yeah yeah. yeah, Chaps and yeah. Steph and them all. He's another one. Bit. Look at this guy, right? I know. And Jeez. yeah. And so, 
Um, yeah, Shaps, I'm like, get on Instagram so I can see your baby. <laughs> <laughs> he was the one, like, I hit him up um, uh, last year sometime, and I was like, yo, let's go out for drinks, because I didn't, re- I don't remember. And he's like, dude, I'm a full father. <laughs> like, yeah, I can't yeah. be doing that. <laughs> he sends me the picture of his kid, like, resting on his shoulder. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's, exactly. Not, a, everyone's not a degenerate. <laughs> <laughs> um no but it's hard to like keep in touch with everybody when you're just so far away yeah it is do you have any like do you have like a top moment from high school Telling you, like, do you even remember? Such a blur. <laughs> I don't know if it's the mom thing or if I'm just getting older. Like I <laughs> said to Brayden, I was like, remember how you don't remember before you're like 10 and it unless like a picture or something will jog your memory. But like, mm-hmm. those years are like, is that what happens when we're 60? Am I not going to remember my oh 20s? My like that's terrifying. That is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Does that happen? Like, I feel, I feel like maybe because you've occupied and your filled brain. your life. Yeah. I think exactly. your brain is too occupied. Like you have to push stuff out to be able to exactly. put new stuff in. And when you're a mom, you got a lot of stuff. Just yeah. Going you're brain. responsible for three other human beings. Right. Well, too, but yeah, I guess my husband too. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm just responsible for my myself and that's, that's enough in itself. I couldn't I couldn't do all of the I don't think I could do the marriage thing right now. Yes, like I mean, I'm not I, I'm just becoming a better person. I'm just becoming You have a always person. been a good person. A good person and a and a good person for rela- Okay, so let's get into it. This morning, <laughs> Morgan <laughs> hits me up, and uh, I put up a meme, and uh, actually, just for um, clarity, very and sexist for, meme. No, I'm just I didn't kidding. think it was sexist because that's the thing. I like I was half. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't. I don't. It was just joking around. I don't go to sleep, so like I'm on like two hours of sleep right now, right? So I'm half asleep, and I get this message. I'm like, oh, so uh, the message was, babes, uh, I know you're intuitive and intelligent, but uh, you're destroying your peace, confronting everything you observe. Let it flow. Now, I put that up as a subliminal story. And Morgan's like, well, probably shouldn't be doing that at our age, right? Yeah. Which is totally true. But I have a question. If a person is not the most open communicator, as open as we are, how do you deal with that? Oh, Brayden isn't. How do you deal with it? It's hard. I mean, um, he expresses himself when he drinks, which Mm -hmm. is not good. Mm -hmm. Um, Or he tells me, like, honestly, I prefer Brayden's not, I don't like Brayden when he drinks whiskey. Mm. I don't Brayden, like Kyle when he drinks whiskey. <laughs> yeah, and like, like I'm basically like only drink tequila for the rest of your life. And he started to mostly just drink tequila because it's made him feel better too. Because mm-hmm. we have a whole bunch of food mm-hmm. shit now, celiac and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, I but he has always said like I can't express myself until, unless I'm drinking. Like I'm not good at expressing myself, and drinking lets me tell my real feelings. And I'm like, okay, but it doesn't let you tell your real feelings in a nice way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like or a communicative way like not something where we can actually have a decent conversation like Mm -hmm. it's just you're just blowing up your emotions and it doesn't go anywhere it doesn't do anything good um with us and i've always kind of been like 
it's like this way with my mom sometimes um or most of the time like word i need to say my words through like text or email and someone will not only does the other person listen better but i'm also able to like better say mm-hmm. what i'm wanting to say and yeah. instead of just like talking yeah. you know what i mean thinking before i speak kind of thing um so i think that helps um but getting somebody else to open up is just hard because if they're not that person then they're mm-hmm. not going to do it and i think they they learn like brayden has gotten a lot better about it since he and we're almost in five years of marriage this september so wow. oh congratulations years on that. like oh thanks but like we've been to get so when did we meet um then 2013 so almost seven yeah so seven years we've known each other for, no god is that seven that's only seven wow seven years. Um, so we've known each other for seven years so seven years and we're still working on that and he's still working on being able to tell me how he feels that kind of thing yeah, but yeah. but it definitely helps when you've been in a relationship for a long time it takes mm-hmm. it just takes a while to be able to get there learn each other you still like especially a man Hey, that's what I was gonna say. We're, we're in the society. We're working <laughs> the out of thing. that. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? yeah. But we're as we as a society is are working ourselves out of this image of like guys have to be one way. And I know that. Well, I don't know because I don't really know him. Um, but I he gives off this like you know, man. I'm you know I'm a, I'm a man's man type of thing. I don't think he's sitting up watching you know i don't know whatever type of i don't even know what (laughs) that's how much i don't engage with my feelings as well like i i'm sure he's not watching like emotional things and like engaging with his feelings and like morgan what did you think about that like you know but i think guys are it's important to make space for that right Mm -hmm. yeah i mean yeah i'm like all about expressing your emotions all the time and that kind of thing. And sometimes if you don't, you instead internalize it. And then someday people just explode and it doesn't come yeah. out the right way. And it's just, and that's what happens with men a lot. Like, Oh, a whole lot. Like, <laughs> or they, or they just post a bunch of subliminal messages. <laughs> <laughs> Which honestly might be a healthier. It, it, you know, and, and that's just the thing, right? So like, like I said, I don't like Kyle on whiskey either. Right. So I've been uh, sober dober for five months now. I Damn. think five months yesterday. Yeah. And good job. I can oof, I cannot yeah. say that. Quarantine with parenthood <laughs> is definitely not. <laughs> oh my I I mean, I don't know if I would be able to do it. But <laughs> I think that, you know, now it's putting me in a in a position where I have to face a lot of things that I leaned on the the alcohol to do or leaned on the whatever to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's scary. It is so scary, right? Even something as kind of routine as having a conversation with your friends. Yeah. Right? It's like I got the the weird dynamic now or weird like notion or sense, whatever, of people might not really know me. Like the people who had like you and Henry and Sean and Kim and people who've known me before that crazy period in my life might know me better, but mm-hmm. you still don't even know me because it's been 10 years yeah. or 15 years, whatever. Yeah. Um, but 
the people who I recently know, the people in Brooklyn that I, all these people don't know me. So when I have conversations with them now, I'm just like, like they look at me weird and like, you know, you don't, that's not, that that was just the alcohol and crazy stuff talking, right? (laughs) I, I wonder how, how you deal with, uh, when, when people do express themselves to you in that state, how do you take that information? Right. Cause they do say drunk men tell no tales, but you know that it's. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. Cause yeah, it's like, like I said, like Braden will say, say stuff, but like, I know some of the stuff he's saying is not. Not yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. Cause I'm like trying to think back on our, a conversation we've had or, um, but he's been on tequila a lot. Um, but I think people are just, yeah, sometimes get too emotional and they say some stuff like, I remember you. I mean, yeah, definitely yeah. told me a lot, a lot of stuff when you were drinking and I'd be like, <laughs> okay, let's see alcohol, you know, like, yeah. or I mean, am I allowed to say Maeve's name? You can say May's name. <laughs> okay. I, I'm sure dealing that she will you, never hear this in her life. You, dealing with you and like your emotions with Maeve when you yeah. drank yeah. were like yeah. so intense. And then the next day when you weren't drinking, you'd be like, dude, like I, like, that's not at all. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy because that whole thing, oh Lord. Was, That's that was, probably honestly. If I remember anything from high school, it's probably you and me. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably why I'm such a bad relationship person now. Because I'm just like, I never want to want to do that. And that we wasn't even in a relationship. It was just weirdness. Um, yeah, I mean, weren't we all? I mean, I, me and Henry. Yeah. You and Maeve. Like, yeah, it was weird. We all did just. Let's just. It was weird. Stupid, but it, weird. It's, it's, that's one person that I know, and it's crazy because now that I have this and I did the, the LREI interview, a lot of people are following me and, like, you know, we're talking. Even uh, homie Hayata uh, is following me now. I reached out to him. What's up? Shout out to Hayata. That's um, good. Congrats, Hayata. Tell your age. Yeah, congrats, buddy. Congrats. Um, but I know the one person I will never speak to in life again is probably her. Really? Yeah. Just because sometimes when you are so, because remember we were like really it's a close lie. friends. She reached out to you. No, nah, no. Nah. You just the last time I saw her, I got frostbite because she. What? It's a long story. Uh, long story short, or like you were feeling frostbite. I like part of my hand was blue for about a month. Yeah. What? Why? Because so long story short, and I I don't remember all the details, but um. We were at a bar she had invited me to with her, I guess her current boyfriend, some dude. Um, like still she'll, No, 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 no. She was dating him at the time. He was like lame. He was like a knockoff. And, um, <laughs> and he, I, don't, I don't know him. He was just like a knockoff, you know, whatever. And uh, we were playing around and she had taken my phone and her brother, I don't know if you ever met her brother, but he's like a tall yeah. yeah. And he thought that we were actually fighting and he had gotten me kicked out of the bar and I had like the bouncer had pushed me and I fell in some snow and it was like really cold. I didn't have all my like anything on and I've been in the snow for so long that the 
hand, like did yeah. whatever. And I'm like, okay, this is too much. This is, this is what the ebbs and flows of this relationship are way too volatile now. And I don't need all that. Homie don't need all that. <laughs> Yeah. But no, nah, that's one person that I would never. The only people that I talk to now, you, Henry, Ellie. Ellie's a great friend. Um, oh, yeah, you guys were always close. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I think it's important to stay somewhere in contact with people, but not, it's good to, to, to distance yourself, right? Yeah, because I mean, if you're not like anywhere. Some people just not doing it. Yeah. What? Some people just not really doing things that I want to be a part of right now. Yeah. Homie that we always talk about, just, you know, not doing things that I want to be a part of right now. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I see it. It looks fun from afar, but... Yeah, I mean, yeah, really, seriously. <laughs> but then you're also like, how old are we? And yeah, yeah, exactly. Doing that for a little bit, great, awesome. But like, exactly. you got to come back to real life. You're, you're about to be a grown, grown man, or you should yeah. be a grown man. <laughs> All right, last question I have is... I think, um, what's next for Morgan Riley? Oh. What are you doing now? What are you going to do in the future? I know you have the construction business. Two kids. <laughs> Two kids, yeah. Doing that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, we want one more probably, but I don't want to wow. have the next one until, God, probably, I don't want to get pregnant for another like year. Yeah. Maybe year and a half. I want next summer both kids okay. to be a little older. I want my one more summer until I have another one. It was a <laughs> lot back to back. Yeah. A lot back to back. My body needs some healing too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, one more kid and our company and um, Braden's doing well with our business. He mostly just does it now. And um, we've gotten more into, he's gotten more into development. Um, That's great. Yeah. So see, that is what I, I think is, and you can never say that you, you've done life the right way, right? Because it's objective. It's, you know, yeah. it's whatever. But I think, in my opinion, that you have taken, and I always say you're the adult, you've taken the, the, the adult path, right? So do it while you're young. Establish yourself while you're young. You know, have, give yourself room when you're older to, to, to be, to still have space to be who you want to be, right? Mm -hmm. um i'm so proud of you i think i always tell you that you better pick up a camera like an actual camera very soon because your photos are incredible oh thank you and you think i'm just saying that and i don't really say like i do feed into people and and tell people like yo do something but i don't tell a lot of people about their photography because i did photography and i'm very picky about my what I like in photography. And I think that you are really good at it. And the fact that you are naturally good at it means that you should do some, something with it. it. Might be something on the side or whatever. Thank you. Maybe when I'm done. Maybe <laughs> when you're done with all the, all yeah, the kids. You know, once they're in school kind of thing and I have some free time in my hand. Right yeah. now, I barely have enough free time to like focus on their photos. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, Morgan, Riley, I love you. I thank, thank you. you for doing this. Um, Guys, please, like I said, don't, it's important to live your life and uh, not be too attached to the past, but you should always appreciate the people that are still standing by you and still supporting you and uh, still make you feel um, like their heart is open to you. 
a lot of people uh, don't have friends like like Morgan. Um, a lot of people don't have friendships like we have. Um, I appreciate every one of my friends, but there are certain people that uh, are in a pantheon of, of people that I hold in high regard, not only because we're friends, but because of how they lead their life and because of the, the decisions and choices that uh, they've made as a person who is like having to deal with making not the best decisions, I appreciate having people who I can look up to. And Morgan is definitely one of those people that I look up to. So I love you. I thank you so much. Thank you. For being here. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Let's, let's, uh, let's do this uh, again with everybody. So, yeah. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, y'all stay put. We got some business to settle up with y'all. Morgan, you stay put. I got to talk to you a little bit later after. Uh, say bye to the good people. Bye, good people. <laughs> In true Morgan fashion, I love you. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Guys, it is such a pleasure to have friends who you can go away from and live your life and they live theirs and they do their thing. But when you come back, it's like a family reunion. When you come back, it's like two cousins that haven't seen each other all year, but going to come back for summer, right? It is an amazing thing to be blessed with people in your life that you know are always going to be real with you. You know, always want to see you do uh, amazing things and you know always want to see you grow and you want the same thing for them so I thank y'all for uh, tuning into this episode I hope you guys learned something I hope you guys uh, grew from this conversation uh, and I hope you guys uh, vibe with it right like I love just bringing my friends on here and, and being like yo I have a diverse palette of friends I love it right so um, next time I'll see y'all right we'll talk about something new we'll be here I pray you'll be back I love you. I thank you. Um, be blessed and highly favored. Come on, let's say it. Think good, see good, do good, but most importantly, be good. Peace. Good people, don't forget to follow Finding Good Times at Finding Good Times on all platforms, at Finding Good Times on all available platforms, and of course, FindingGoodTimes.com. Keep following, keep sharing, keep reposting, most importantly, keep being good. Love y'all.